Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. Wanted to walk through the Bible with you tonight. You can follow along in your own Bible. I will have the verses up here on the slides for you. But I wanted to uh, start with a question. Have you ever thought what it would be like to have your name in the Bible? Just for a moment of vainglory. It would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Have your, your name in the Bible where you could see it in there. Maybe. Maybe it would be in Hebrews chapter 11 in the faith chapter. Maybe. Or maybe you would be in there as an example of something you shouldn't do, right? Or you could be like David and you have your name in there, things that you did that were awesome and things you did that were terrible. Uh, but uh, the truth of the matter is that we are mentioned in the Bible. You are in the Bible, and I am in the Bible. In fact, we're in the Bible a lot. We're in the Bible from beginning to end. And I want to show you just how much God had you in mind as He began creation and began His work to save men from their sins. Uh, just take a look at some, just some of the Scriptures where he was working on your behalf, actually speaking about us all through the scriptures. Are you ready for this journey? Uh, there's about 18 I'm, point, I'm going to point out here. I'm going to roll right through them. But let's just meet our, our grandparents first. Here's our grandparents. Uh, the man and the woman. Genesis 2 verse 7 talks about Adam uh, the man being made of the dust of the ground, and God breathing into his nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living being. And Eve, in verse 22, of course she was taken from the man's rib and made into a woman, and he said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. That's our grandparents, way back then, right? Uh, but those are our genetics, actually. Think about, too, would you, all of the different traits and things that were packed into the genetics of Adam and Eve? That's kind of cool to think about, because every which way that everybody looks in the world today and all the different traits that we have came from that pair. From one blood, God made every nation of men to dwell in all the earth, Paul said in Acts 17. From one blood, and in that blood was the gen genetics that produced all of us. And it got necked down for a little bit there at, at the flood, didn't it? It got necked down to, to two people and eight people, and, and yet here they are. So this is our beginning. Those are our genetics, and we inherited their world, Adam and Eve's world. We inherited uh, their purpose, that is to be fruitful. We're still called to be fruitful, aren't we? Uh, we inherited um, also um, their, their work, uh, and that is to uh, raise up godly offspring that was given to them to do and so that we could hand uh, the next generation over to God. Uh, so uh, we also inherited their world and we need to take care of it. So uh, there's our grandparents. Uh, let's go on into the next slide here, Genesis chapter 3, where we read about how we don't fall far from the tree. We don't fall far from the tree, no pun intended. But here they are uh, being tempted with the same temptations that we're tempted with today. 
Satan has, our, our devil, our adversary has used these against us all through history. You know, that's football season. And, and a lot of you who like to watch football or any sport, uh, you know, the saying goes, hey, if a play's working, run that play until they stop you, right? If something's working, keep it going, and then, then the defense has to adjust to it. If they don't, they're going to get rolled over the whole game. Guess what? Satan's got the same three plays he's been using from the beginning. And here we are. They, uh, they took of the fruit and ate, and he uh, also there, instead of stepping in and saying, this isn't right, no, honey, we shouldn't do this, he ate also and fell into that temptation. Did we inherit their sin? No, we did not. We inherited their world. We inherited their purpose. Uh, we inherited their work, but we did not inherit their sin. Here's what happened to us. Here we are in Romans chapter 12, that just as through one man sin entered the world, that's talking of the garden, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men. Why? Because all sin. So spiritual death has come upon Matt Thomas, not because Adam and Eve sinned, not because of my grandparents, but because of me. Because all sinned, that's why death spread to the next generation. So there I am in relation to the garden uh, being told, Matt, yes, it's you. It's not their fault. This isn't a genetic thing. It's not a spiritually inherited thing. You're not born in corruption. You die when you sin. So there we are. Look at Genesis chapter 12, though. God goes to work. And he says, I'm going to help mankind, like I spoke about this morning at communion. God's for us. And so here he goes to work in Genesis 12, and he finds a righteous man uh, whom he, he uh, greatly adores, and he says, Abram, uh, I want you to get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I'll show you. He said, I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And... I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you. Now watch this. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Who's that in the yellow? That's us, isn't it? That's my family, your family. That's all the, really the term means all the tribes and clans of the earth. But it comes right down to my very family. That comes right down to me, personally. So in Genesis 12 already, God is speaking of us. There you are, and there I am. Your family is going to be blessed through something he's going to do way back when through Abraham. Then you come over to Daniel, kind of in the same land. Remember, Abram was, was over there in Ur of the Chaldees, you know? And, and here now, Daniel is in Babylon. It's the same general area there uh, around Mesopotamia. And uh, Daniel says this. He talks about our kingdom that we're in right now. He's talking about us. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's us. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain, as he interprets this dream, without hands, and that it broke in pieces, the iron, bronze, clay, and silver, and gold, he said, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this, the dream is certain, and its interpretation is sure. Daniel said to Nebuchadnezzar, there's a kingdom coming. 
and it will break in pieces and consume all the nations. And here we are overseas in America in the 21st century in the kingdom. Isn't that cool? Here we are right there in Daniel chapter 2 and in many, many other prophecies. But that's our kingdom. That's Pickerington Church of Christ. And that's what we're a part of tonight. But it came with a great cost. Uh, the king would lay down his life for us. And so in John 3, 16 and 17, that one who claimed to be our king and then proved himself to be so, said, for God so loved the world, that includes you and me, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, here's the offer, whoever believes, that's you and me, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but, here we are, that the world through Him might be saved. That's what Jesus wants to do for you and me, and He's talking of us there, even though He's talking about all men. I'm included in that, personally. Now here He is praying on the eve of His crucifixion. On the eve of His crucifixion, He's praying just to the Father, a very personal prayer. He spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh. I guess that's us too, isn't it? All flesh. He has authority over you and I. That he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. That they may know you, the, one, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent, that they, that's me, that's you, may know him. That's why he came, so that we may know God. And by knowing, we mean relationally, knowing God. We know him by name. We call upon him as our Savior. And he knows us by name, those who are his, not those who are disobedient, not those who are Christians in name only, but those whom hear his voice and know that he is their shepherd and he knows that we are his sheep. There we are right in the prayer in John 17, 1 through 3. And then a little later on in the prayer, listen, he's praying for the apostles. And then he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those. There we are. For those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. I'm praying for them. Who's them? Those who will believe in me through the work that the apostles are going to begin to do in all the world. All those who will hear their voice concerning me. I'm praying for them. And I believe Jesus is still praying for you. In Matthew 27, it's pretty small, isn't it? Well, this one will help maybe. But this is important. This is a good one. He became sin for us. He died for us. He died as a propitiation for us. That is, a proper sacrifice and offering in our stead. So when we look at the cross and we look at this description that Matthew gives, I see that it could be my blood that they're saying be upon us and our children. It could be that I was scourged for my sins. I deserved that when I sinned against God. 
He didn't deserve it. I deserve it. It could be that they would strip me of my nakedness and expose me to the world before God of my sinfulness. I'm the one that should be exposed for all of my sin, but he was instead. You remember what the Hebrew letter says about him in chapter 12? It says that he did this. He went to the cross despising the shame for the glory that was set before him. He did that for me and you. That's us here that this should be happening to and our nakedness exposed and to the world. Uh, that should be me that is being mocked for my sinfulness. It should be me, but he was mocked so that I could stand justified before God. It should be me that was spit on. It should be me that is, would be struck and disciplined and punished for my sins. And me that is led away to be crucified. I'm the one who sinned. And, and the prophet Ezekiel said about us who sin, he said, God said, all souls are mine in Ezekiel 18.4. The soul who sins shall die. But now Christ has come to take our place. The soul who sins shall die. But Christ, through the grace of God, died in my place. So that would have happened to me. In a, in a figurative sense, you understand. But quite literally, we would have died for our sins still. We'd be destroyed from the presence of God eternally. But he did that for us. So think about the fact that when you read or listen to those descriptions about Jesus stepping into our stead, uh, that that should be you and I. Here we are being mentioned by Jesus after the resurrection. When Thomas <clears throat> said, I won't believe unless I touch him, unless I put my finger in his side and touch his hands, and Jesus appeared in the room. This time Thomas was among them, and he said directly to him, Thomas, reach your finger here and touch here. And he said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you've believed. Here we are. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen. I have not seen the risen Lord with my eyes. I've seen his work. I've seen his fruit. I've seen the fruits of the Spirit, he said, would come into my life and yours. I see it in you. But I've not seen the risen Lord. That's going to be a very special day when we arise from the grave, or if he comes while we're still here, that we're lifted up off the earth and meet him in the sky for the first time. For the first time, we get to meet him. But he's talking about you there. And he said, Thomas, you think this is something. There's people who don't demand to see and touch me that will still believe, and they're blessed. That's the kind of faith he's looking for. Church, let's keep that kind of faith going and keep it alive. Here we are. Paul says us, us, all of us Christians. He's talking about those in his day. But it includes you and I also in, in uh, principle when he says, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, we also should walk in newness of life? That's you and me. We can walk in new life when we die to sin, are buried with Christ, and are raised from the dead we can walk in a new life. And Paul said here that as many of us as do this 
will walk in newness of life. And so when we read that in 2019, and I see that, and he says, as many of us as have done this. Who? How many, Paul? How many? As many. Just like Jesus said, whoever believes in him should not perish but have every, everlasting life. Paul says, as many as are baptized from every tribe, tongue, nation, and land. Everyone. But that includes you. That's you and me. Pretty special. Here we are in Ephesians chapter 2. But God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Look at that in the yellow. He loved us. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace you've been saved. And raised up together. He raised us up together. And made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now look at those words in yellow so far. He loved us, made us alive, and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. We, are, we have an elevated status. We've been lifted out of the world as far as spiritually God is concerned. We're not of the world. Uh, we're, we're, we're one with Christ. Uh, and, and to us, distance separates us. That's nothing to God. You're as good as sitting in the heavenly places right now. Peter said, you got a place reserved for you in heaven, just waiting. you got a home there, Jesus said. If it weren't so, I would have told you. So he's already raised you up on high. Because you've humbled yourself, he's exalted you. If you're baptized into him, he raised you up and did this. Here we are in verse 10 then, his workmanship. We're familiar with this verse, aren't we, from the last couple of years of really working on this passage. We're his workmanship. All right, that's you and me, too. Every Christian, workmanship. And we've been given something. When uh, they said to Peter in Acts chapter 2, Men and brethren, <clears throat> what shall we do? Peter said, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you, to your children, some of whom would have been there, and to all who are afar off, there's another broadcast that sweeps you and I into it. Uh, we're afar off from that land. Took you a long time to travel over there by plane even, didn't it, Richard and Janie? Right? We're afar off. And we're also afar off through centuries. But when Scripture speaks in this way and our God says something, either through His apostles, that says everybody's in on this. Everybody's in on this. It is for all men at all times but don't forget to look personally at it. That's for me. That's for you. The Spirit of God, he said, would come and be pour, poured out on us. In Ephesians chapter 4, here we are at work. Let's just look at the yellow parts. The saints, the body of Christ, the whole body, every joint, every part. The body edifying itself in love. There we are being mentioned. This is the goal for the church is to be actually self-edifying so that you have everything you need. God supplying the gifts and abilities, supplying the opportunities, supplying all the materials that we may need in this life to do His work. And we take these things and we, we minister to one another with them and we are self-edifying. We build each other up in the faith in this way. But every person 
is to be involved in that whole body. Uh, you are one of the every parts and every joints for that body. Where we are at work. And in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That is what he wants us to do. That is speaking to the people of his day, but it is carried out by us as well. All who are disciples of Jesus, he wants to be salt, light, and to light up the world so that the world may glorify your Father in heaven. And finally, he hasn't forgot that he's going to come back for us and he wanted to tell us about it. So look here in 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself, Paul wrote, will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, that's not us. That's maybe some of your loved ones and mine. But this next group may be us. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. That's an all-inclusive statement. Let's talk about you and me right there. Isn't that beautiful? All the people who have ever lived, all the you know, the people in the Old Testament were in Christ too, right? They died in faith and were justified by their faith in God through Jesus Christ. His, sin, his uh, sacrifice went back and washed, you're looking at me this way, this would be backwards, wouldn't it? Went back and washed all their sins away. Every person who ever uh, obeyed the Lord in faith washed it all away. And everyone who ever would, forward-facing, is involved in that. Uh, that's we. We will always be with the Lord. We're all over in the Bible. Uh, we're all over in the Bible, and there's a reason for that. God wants to know that He very personally is inviting us to be a part of this great work that He has done through history. That we would see the great lengths that he went to, to save one soul, to save one soul. Let's say it's yours. If you were the only person, you know, I believe he would have went through all of that for you because there are many occasions where there weren't many people responding to God's calling. But he did that for you and I. No wonder, no wonder that there's a great day coming where God will visit with wrath those who have disobeyed Him or ignored Him or have lived and breathed His air in His world as if He doesn't even exist. No wonder. He's done an awful lot and invited everyone through the generations over and over again to see what He is doing for us. So, as Paul wrote in Romans chapter 1, men are without excuse. Men are without excuse. But sometimes they need woke up. Sometimes they need prompted. Sometimes they need shook up. And that's where you need to be salt and light and let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We've got work to do. So it's nice to sit here and go, wow, yeah, God loves me. Wow, this is awesome. Look at that. I am all over in the Bible. It's another thing to realize, not many. The gate 
is narrow. The path is, is difficult. Not many choose it. But God wants you to take somebody with you when you go. He wants you to take somebody with you. So we've got work to do while it is yet day. That's what Jesus said. I work while it is day. It's daytime right now for us. Well, as long as we're alive and breathing, it's day. It's time to work. So let's bring some others into this. What a great way to show people also that they also are in the Bible. That's a great, did you know you were in the Bible? It's a great way to start a conversation with someone. Take some of these passages and let people know that God's thinking of them and that is for them. All right? Uh, let's.